The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. fall weekend. Mm-hmm. How, Definitely feels like it. How's your football season going? Really good. Yeah. Sun's yeah. doing okay. Yeah, they've won every game. Yeah. He's go. playing well. I'm glad I'm I'm feel um grateful for every game I get to watch during the week because you know it's a week to week right now. There and you go. <laughs> All right. So you found financial food for thought. This is Mark Dowling at Carrie Waddell. Carrie, you've heard this song before, right? Many times. Do you know who sings it? Not off the top of my head, but is, is this a one-hit wonder? I probably know the words, but yeah, what is this a Probably. one-hit wonder? His name is Howie Day. Oh yeah, okay. It's been around for. I think it's a one-hit wonder. It came out. I don't know that anything 2004. else. Two thousand and four. Okay. You know, it's a kind of song that kind of conjures up memories that you never really existed, right? Right. But, um, Love the song though. All right. So. I want to get started with Kylie. Okay. Do you know who Kylie McEnany is? The press... Sec- yeah. The, yeah, press group. What did he mean by that exactly? And has he spoken to Senator McConnell or... Uh, it's a third-year-old Harvard grad, Kerry. Smart yeah, girl. So, um, what the president was referring to was the $500 billion bill that uh, passed the Senate, um, the phase four plan um, that didn't include, excuse me, it didn't, uh, it got 50 votes in the Senate. Um, it's that $500 billion skinny proposal, but it didn't include direct payments. So he wants more than the $500 billion and he is very keen to see these direct stimulus payments. And we hope that uh, Nancy Pelosi will work with us in good faith. Um, there are many bipartisan proposals out there uh, that have merit um, and a clear example of where Nancy stands is that everyone um, wants to be in, in DC seems to want to make a deal except Nancy Pelosi she wants to play politics look at the letter um, she wrote condemning the problem solvers group proposal that was a 1.5 trillion dollar plan uh, that if the priorities were modified and made sure that there was not bailout that bailed out states um, that didn't have COVID related issues um, that just were blanket bailouts to blue states uh, that's something that we would entertain and look at but Nancy Pelosi immediately uh, decried that proposal in a letter because she's not interested in a deal. So there you go. So we don't have a stimulus package yet, right, Carrie? But mm, I didn't think we did. Would I think it's a? Uh, I think it's a game to them. I don't think necessarily politicians care that much, or the ones that do aren't getting their voice heard. And... But, so, but the the problem solvers caucus—that's what she was right. referring to. They they made you know some news this week because mm-hmm. they came out with. You know their package, and so the question is: Well, if you're not familiar with the Problem Solver Caucus, it's it's a House, it's a group of hundred members of the House, a purple group, fifty blue, fifty red. Okay, and they're supposed to work together when you have opposing parties so far apart. Right. You know when we had the you know the House who passed their Heroes Act at a three mm-hmm. trillion. And the, the Senate, who passed their heel act at you know the uh, whatever it was the one trillion or whatever, um, so they were two trillion apart, right? Right. The, she was referring to the skinny bill. The Senate, I was, like the skinny bill. Well, that was a, we, that was an afterthought, you know? right? And that I think that maybe you would have thought that if they did it in pieces and parts versus doing nothing, doing something is better than nothing. Right. So, but and so, what was in you know? So some people are saying, well, is this, does this 
uh, Problem Solvers Caucus bill have any legs to it, and, and it might, you know, you know, and we're gonna. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about it today, um, you know, and, and kind of go from there. Um, let's see what else is going on. Um, you know, economic news. You know, jobless claims um, kind of came in a little bit better than planned, right? Okay. Um, Good news. You know, it came seven hundred ninety thousand. You know, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, better than what the streets estimates, and a little bit better than the previous week. So that's good. Um, but then we had some, you know, disappointing news. You know, it was like the first decline in the housing um, start, you know, you know, um, sales and, and, you know, new, you know, new home starts. You know, and, and so that was down about 5%, you know, previous. So that wasn't good. And, and, and new building permits, they said, was down slightly. So, again, mixed, mixed signals, you know, happening. Uh, you know, are we in the midst of what President Trump is calling the Super V? Um, recovery? Are we in a U-shaped recovery? Um, are you expecting a W? In other words, are we going to go down again? You know, is the virus going to give us another setback? You know, are we going to have to shut down again? Or, you know, are we not going to be able to go back to school? Or some of the people that are going back to school are now back home, right? Um, you know, so would that, could that, you know, give us a W-shaped recovery, meaning we're going to, you know, go down again? Um, before we get through this Rona recession, right? So, so you know, again, still mixed data. The markets were very volatile, obviously, throughout the week. No surprise. Um, you know, so, you know, we, we can kind of, you know, what are you doing at home? So the other thing, too, is, um, you know, today I'm going to continue, uh, you know, the income, you know, estimated income tax planning, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is the most exciting topic, right, I've ever introduced on the radio right. show, right? You know, people are switching the dials. I can hear them right now. But, you know, it's important, you know, I mean, and I can't tell you after, you know, helping Cleveland families build financial plans for over 35 years, we realize that, you know, there's a lot of people who, when they go into retirement, they they really don't understand what they need to be doing to get the best results when it comes to just paying estimated income taxes. See, when you're working, you may even give it you hardly give it a second thought because normally the payroll departments do a pretty darn good job right. of withholding the right amount. So you're not you're either getting either mm-hmm. oh slightly or getting a small refund, you know, every year. Um, but you know, that goes away, you know, you don't have that payroll department working out your, your withholding when you go into retirement. Um, so you have to do it yourself. Right. And, and that's where we see the problems begin. And I'm not saying it's the end of the world problems, but Hey, if you can, you know, be smart about it, right? You know, right. And, if you and, can help yourself with cash flow, and, and, and if it's just a lack of education, you just haven't gotten that learning curve, right? You know that you know. Listen up. Or you know, by the way, you know, if if you're in the camp that believes that you know estimated income tax planning was all about getting a big refund year after year, Ooh, bad idea. You may want to listen, you know, because maybe you may be suffering for what I like to call tax refund distortion. Right. Okay. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll do just that today, but Carrie. Wow, why don't you get us started? Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk show here to give you helpful information about areas of your financial life and um, political news or other financial news that could impact your financial life so that you're aware of issues and aware that you have more choices instead of just being passive when it comes to your financial life, because there are plenty of opportunities in every economic situation and planning can really benefit estates of many different sizes. And it's important, especially if you're concerned about running out of money to make sure that you're using opportunities that exist and making choices so that you get more net benefit and understand how decisions today affect the long term or the longevity of your plan. And we help people who are working and who are already in retirement and with all those different areas right now, we're also looking at, I know Mark's going to talk about tax estimates, but a lot of people with the passage of the CARES Act and suspension of minimum required distributions have opportunities to pull money out of these um, tax qualified assets, Um, either use it for spending. Maybe you want a little bit, maybe you don't have to take as much as the minimum, or you can convert some of it to a Roth and looking at all those different options. Hopefully, Mark, in the next few weeks, we'll do some case studies on how we look at that and maxing out those different options that people have, especially 
if you think tax rates go up in the future, and that is an opportunity that's only available in 2020. It won't be you can't something you can't do in 2021. So it's a good time to look at these issues. Um, the company that sponsors the show is the estate planning team, and the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. We have affordable hourly and retainer options. As Mark said earlier, we've been around more than 35 years helping people with all kinds of issues. And we help people know when they can afford to retire or if they're in retirement, what they can spend without running out of money, how to address financial disruptors and challenges, um, and how to create the income they need as tax efficiently as possible and know what growth rate they need so their plan will last. And are they taking on more risk than necessary or some cases not enough? Do you know too many people run out and buy a product or a service they don't need or they don't understand how it works and how it's going to fit into their plan? And those are things we have people call us first, you know, find out what you need. Is it for the, you know, it's, there's no bad or good tool it's, or product out there. It's how it you, it's used. It's the right thing at the right time for the right reason. And the estate planning team does offer a free, no obligation consultation by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the Cleveland area, but we are doing consultations at no cost or obligation by phone or in person. So take advantage, find out opportunities. If you're struggling with any financial issues, a lot of people are worried and not sure what to do. Um, we'll give you that unbiased objective advice and analysis. And we are not investment advisors. We're very different. We actually work with a lot of investment advisors around the Cleveland area, or in many cases, our client does that on their own. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's List. Give us a call. We'll call you back on Monday or send an email. Any email from the website comes directly to me. So call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And Mark, when you were talking about tax estimate when working, another thing that people get into trap, I was thinking about when you have a company retirement plan and you're retired and you want to do a distribution, there's a mandatory 20% federal withholding that maybe you don't need to do. Carrie, are you, did you steal my note no, page I didn't. or what? I, no, I was just thinking about a couple of cases over the years. They didn't need the 20%, but it was a mandatory. Right. So if they needed 10000 they really had to take out more to cover the withholdings. And then that created more taxes. And- right. I'm going to take a deeper dive today with okay, custodial good. withholding rules. So that, okay. that's part of the. So this is uh, actually part two of the uh, famous, you know, uh, estimated tax planning. You can go back and listen to the podcast. And, and last week I started the 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 subject matter with you know some of the rules. Um, we'll continue with some of the rules and and some of the pitfalls that we that people fall into not understanding the rules and then uh, I'm sure I'll go into another week here remember I said I could talk for 5 weeks easily yeah. on this subject um and and if I don't get to any case reviews today right. um we'll get to those next week but before that there's other maybe important data that listeners want to know about one would is you know Ohio has begun issuing the $300 supplemental unemployment benefits right so if you or someone you know has is is still unemployed and they're missing that 600 you know extra week that the federal you know that ran out at the end of July that's what we're waiting for the new stimulus bill to rein, reinstate that right i'm going to talk about you know the problem solvers bill here in a minute um but it's in that one by the way um, but, you know, in the meantime, remember President Trump, by executive order, said, well, I want to create this additional 300. The states could opted to do an additional 100. None of the states did, including Ohio. Uh, I mean, a couple of states might have done, but not Ohio. Um, so, but that is now going. Okay, so, um, and it's retroactive. So Ohio has been approved to distribute the payments for six weeks, the weeks ending August 1st through September 5th, according to the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services. All right. Um, so, you know, first up are those on the pandemic unemployment assistance program, um, you know, and starting the week of September 16th. So that's the group. That's the gig workers, Carrie, right. who normally wouldn't get any state unemployment. Um, you know, the, there was a special rules for them. So apparently they get first dibs on some on this 300. So, so again, if, if you were waiting to hear, you know, we have been mentioning on the show that Ohio applied to get it. We then heard that they were approved on getting it. Now we have confirmation that Ohio is going to start issuing checks. 
Um, and, and just a side note there, too, as, you know, especially if you were getting the 600 a week extra federal unemployment and now this may be additional 300, you know, back to my subject matter withholding taxes are you making withholding elections on that mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't have to you could say no withholding but you know if you are you do you realize that this unemployment is taxable income i think a lot of people are surprised by that right um, not only the unemployment that you would normally get from the state, also the $600 a week uh, that the federal kicked in, and also this new $300 a week. That is all considered taxable income. And so if you have not adjusted your withholding or you know your estimated tax payments, you could become underpaid. Um, also, uh, we got some bad news. I don't know if it's bad bad news, but you know, because you know, I I am an absentee, you know, uh, filer. Right. I've been. I can't remember. I don't remember the last time I was in a voting booth, Carrie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I go. Yeah. But I, I remember. I mean, when I first started, you know, doing it, I don't know. It had been the early two thousands. Um, you know, I, I was even more, you know, uh, so pleasantly surprised when I realized that I didn't have to put a stamp or a couple of stamps on my ballot to mail it in. The postage was paid. Now, Ohio got away with that, you know, and so right. you know, a number of years ago. And then I go, oh, now I have to find a couple of stamps to put on that. Right. Yeah. Um, but and then what would happen was LaRose, Frank LaRose, he he put in a bid because there are going to be so many I mean, with the pandemic, so many mail in ballots, absentee yeah. ballots. He put a, he he tried to get it approved again. Mm-hmm. And the Ohio Budget Board blocked. I was going to say, I think all the states are a little trouble with budget and yeah, they, postage is no yeah they said you know uh, I, you know it was voted down four to two or you can show up in person yeah. i think la rose was asking for about three million to cover the postage i think that yeah, is yeah, not yeah i was happening um you don't like i you don't miss going in like i like going in to the booth uh, no I, I no i i am so much more comfortable sitting at home with a cup of coffee with my laptop, mm-hmm. because when that issue comes up that I don't know anything about, right. I can just go to the internet, get both sides of the story, right. or if there's any candidate that I don't know exactly, right. you know what's up with them, I can do a quick Google search, right, um, and and ha- be in a better position to make my See, decision. I do that before, and then I'll take my cheat sheet into the booth. I don't know. I just don't trust the mail. Like I never have it comfortable sending it through. I feel better that I get count, and then I can verify that it prints. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah. So before, um, yeah. So before I get to the tax refund distortion talk, you know, what what about this? Um, you know, problem solvers caucus, right? So again, if you didn't hear the, the some news this week about a new potential stimulus package that had bipartisan support. That's what the problem is, right? We need people. We need our Congress people to cross the aisle and work together. Isn't that their job and what they were elected right. to do? And it seemed very simple in the beginning. If the House wants $3 trillion and the Senate wants $1 trillion, you go in the middle. No, I don't think so necessarily. Well, Because it's not their money. I guess I think they need to be more fiscally responsible. And the fact that they still haven't spent the money they passed before i i'm i'm a big fan of the skinny bills don't add stuff that shouldn't be in there let's just focus on what needs okay. to get done so here's what was in the the caucus bill probably a lot of they crap. called it by the way march to common ground yeah okay well, you, well, carrie I, come on I, I, i'm saying i bet there's a lot of <laughs> carrie crap. you're not crossing the aisle no well no i'm sure that i i don't like either side puts in crap okay. and that's what it is here we go okay here's what's it 100 billion we're just going to do the billions, Carrie, right? $100 billion for COVID-19 testing and health care. Okay. Are you okay with that? No. Well, I mean, we need to get testing, Carrie. Why if, do we need if, all this because testing? Because if you, if you want to get an airplane and, and, and fly around and, and travel again, you better get testing. I, I don't know. There's other people that say the testing is over. We didn't test with the H1N1. I don't know that testing. And then the CDC if, came out. If, that if we everyone should... was tested quickly and, and you know that you you weren't contagious or you could, it would open up the country again. But it also, there's a lot of false positives there's well, a we lot need, of well, yeah, well, that's what the hundred billion is to get some good tests. But I'm saying there's always. Carrie, it's a hundred billion. I think it's ridiculous to spend that. Okay, 
316 billion in direct payments to individuals and families. So this is the second round of the stimulus checks. It's they just duped the first round. You know, right. it's 1,200, you know, plus 500 per child. Okay. Um, next is 120 billion in enhanced unemployment benefits. Okay. This is where we're talking about the um, what I was just talking about. You know, 600 a week federal right that expired at the end of right. July, and. You know, people are saying, yeah, that was a good measure that, you know, and but a lot of people are saying that was too high. Right. Right, Because some people could go back to work and they were choosing not to. Right. And so what the caucus, the the, uh, you know, solvers, the problem solvers caucus said, we'll make it 450 a week, kind of in between Trump's 300 and what the Republican Democrats want the 600. Right. Well, it wouldn't be. okay. Okay, Um, But, you know, but this is where. they 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 entered or they they came up with a new concept, Carrie, and this is what's raising some eyebrows. That this you know their package had a little bit something different than the other packages. Okay, and what it is, it, it's like an automatic trigger mechanism that they're trying to build into the bill. Meaning, it's it's like a sunrise sunset you know uh, kind of clause that says. We're going to start, we're going to, you know, say if if the data is bad, meaning if the virus is bad, if Rona's still winning and we still have high unemployment and all these other bad economic things, then more money will kick in later or extend it. In other words, if just like how the $600 ended in July, there was no other mechanism to keep that going, even though things weren't better by the end of July. Right. So but what if things do get better? In other words, so it goes the other way too, right? It's a seesaw. So if things are better than what they're thinking, you know, then the money gets cut off mm-hmm. or reduced. So it's more of a they want this more of the springing action in there that says right. we're gonna we, we don't have to go back to the you know the drawing board every time because we can't get anything done. It's, if this happens, then this happens. Yeah, if this happens, but it's you, kind of you get that written into the bill when you pass it, right? So we don't have to sit here and debate about it, right? Okay, liking um, that. So in that case, what they what they said was, you know, they would start the four hundred and fifty dollars a week for eight weeks, and then depending on the data, if data is still bad, then they would up it to six hundred, okay, um, for an additional five weeks, okay. Why don't they um, just keep it at four fifty? Well, because the Republicans want six hundred, Carrie. See, th- you you got to get the concept of bipartisanship. <laughs> Because they won. You, but I'm saying they also said the 600 didn't work because people never made that in a week and they weren't going back to work. So uh, I don't know why they would go back to that. Kara, I think I understand how you're voting on this bill. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> all right. $290 billion for small businesses. Okay. Okay. That's, you know, reviving the PP plan. Right. Okay. Um, and that was, you know, in retrospect, I guess successful. Mm-hmm. There were kind of a couple problems with it in the beginning. A little bit. Okay. Um, but I'm sure they've gotten those straightened out. Okay. They want another $145 billion for schools and child care. Do you have a problem with that? No. Well, no. I don't. I mean, what are they giving it to the schools because of the state's cut? Well, I just, yeah. So it just because of the, yeah, the austerity, you know, the problem with the, you know, that the, they need the schools need the money to get the virus, you know, I guess you know, for what you, I would ask. Um, Child care, I think it's a problem for a lot of people as schools try to do the high. How do people work when their right. kids don't like my kids yeah. aren't in that boat? Um, but I do feel bad because if I was in that boat, it would be extremely stressful. Okay, another five hundred billion in state and local aid. Okay. Now, this is where this is the big problem with the state and locals, you know, that that, you know, because states can't, you know, they have to budget, you know, they have to reconcile their budget. Right. Um, so if they have to, you know, they have to cut <laughs> if, if they don't have enough money and how and the, the austerity. And that's what people are worried about. You know, you know, if these states and locals are going to lay everyone off, you know, cut out, you know. Right. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? um Services, and right. trying, you know, services, you know, state and local services. Um, and so and now that number, Carrie, you know, remember the Democrats and Republicans were all on two opposite ends. Right. right. Remember the uh, Nancy Pelosi and the heroes that they she wanted a trillion for that. Um, Mitch McConnell's uh, Heels Act wanted, I think, 
you know, 250 billion or something. So they, they're coming in again, the idea of compromise at 500 billion. And by the way, most experts outside of Capitol Hill said about 500 billion was the right number. Okay. Right. Um, now, um, they want another 400 billion for election security. Yeah. And now this is a sad commentary. Now, is that because they don't trust people who shouldn't be voting vote or dead people who vote or the voter fraud that we've seen? Well, I don't know, but do we need four hundred billion? That's for, what I'm saying, is I it? mean, are we that crooked voters? That's sad. I mean that's a lot of money. Right. That I think could be used to a lot. I mean, if we were just honest in our votes, we could spend well, that four hundred billion well, on something else. Well, if we had IDs, we wouldn't have dead people voting or illegal people who don't have the right to vote vote. Um, or stuffing the ballot or selling yeah. your vote. <sighs> okay, and then yeah. um, round this off with fifty-two billion to support broadband expansion, the agriculture industry, U.S. Postal Service, and the census. Um, kind of a you know so. Now, you heard uh, Kylie say it's the $1.5 trillion package, right? But, Carrie, you know, I'm not an accountant from China, you right. know, but I'm doing the fuzzy math here. Uh-huh. The numbers I just gave you, I'm coming up with $1.923 trillion. Okay, Carrie, so I'm going to call that closer to $2 trillion than $1.5 trillion. Right. But who's counting? Now, the thing is, if you're counting on this, your next stimulus check is in the mail and, you know, you're going to get another round of PP plan or, you know, that that um, you're going to get uh, that this money is going to make sure that your vote is counted properly. Uh, we always say, you know, don't count your chickens with a hatchet, right, Gary, because there's a lot of people who are saying that this bill is dead on arrival. and And that's what. Kylie was saying, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that she was saying that, um, you know, that Nancy Pelosi, you know, kind of quashed it right in the beginning. So who's behind the problem solvers caucus? Right. Um, like I said, it's a group of 50. Um, and but if you're coming together and isn't it? I mean, I have a problem with a few things, but um, in general, I guess it's better than nothing. Baby steps are better than leaps. I mean, right. are you just I mean, getting help to people who really need it? Well, the two leaders, one Democrat, John Gottenheimer, um, and one Republican, Tom Reed, right? Okay. Um, and what Josh said, I don't know if it's John, Josh, I think his name is Josh Gottenheimer, um, said, you know, I think we're, you know, it, see, remember, they were talking about this earlier. Um, and, you know, remember when, see, everyone thought that we were going to have this stimulus package by the end of July, right? Yeah. Because the, the, everything was running out. And so back in, you know, back then, you know, in July, this group was speaking up and Josh was saying, you know, his quote is, I think we're going to get this done in the coming week, meaning back July. Right. Um, With the Senate coming in next week, this is really when I believe it'll get negotiated. And I presume that the House will come back at the end of the week to vote on it. So he was saying he thought this was going to get done in July. Um, Tom Reed. um, You you know, also at that time, you know, uh, you know, obviously we have to do a deal. Right, not to do anything is a disservice to the American people. The institution of the Congress is better than that. I agree. Okay, um, but are, were these two the voices that I say I listen to? No, no. unfortunately, no. No, um, maybe they actually make more sense than the other ones that. Okay, um, because you know, so if you've been listening to this show, I talk about you know the voices that you may want to be listening to. And the voices you may not want to be listening to, right? Um, so, again, I don't listen to these guys. Um, mm-hmm. I don't listen to, you know, Mark Meadows, um, Chuck Schumer. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Kevin McCarthy. I mean, they're all common, but I don't listen to them. I, I don't listen to the VPs, Carrie, you know, right. whether past, present, or future. So, you know, Joe, Mike, and, you know, Kamala, don't listen right. to them. You know, I'm, what are the VPs are good for? They're good for the, you know, tiebreaker vote in the Senate, right. you know, and the one token debate that they have in a presidential election, right? Um, no. So uh, Bob Hortman, mm, Sherrod Brown, mm, no, I don't really care about their comments <laughs> about the next stimulus package, right? Um, so who do I listen to? Okay, I listen to five, right? Right. Okay, President Trump mm-hmm. from the White House, President right. Trump, and Steve Mnuchin, right? Right. Um, all right, Treasury Secretary. Then you have to listen to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And you have to listen <laughs> to Senate you know, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Right. And then the fifth one, of course, is Federal Reserve Chairman um, Jerome Powell. 
So those are the ones I tried. Now, um, but regardless of what's going on, I mean, I guess, Mark, when you're talking about whatever the stimulus bill is, it's going to be hefty. How are they going to pay for it? So if you think, you know, taxes, right, it's going to come from people taxes. And we've talked about over the times, if you can go back and listen to our podcast, different ideas that candidates are, or they've had for generating the revenue they need to cover all of these expenses. So I think tax rates are going to go up. So if you're someone who hasn't been as proactive as you should, maybe it's time to look at these issues. No, take steps while you're working, or if you're in retirement, do what you can to create the income needed so you can have a great life or just to make sure that you're going to be okay and hopefully a even better life to create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible and minimize what the government gets. And that's one area we help with at the estate planning team. You can call for a free no obligation consultation by phone or in person without pressure. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So what are the five saying about this, Carrie, right? Um, because is this have some legs? Okay. Stephen Mnuchin, right? You know, he, he's saying, you know, I think there's many areas of this where there is an agreement between the Dems and the, and the Republicans. Um, there are some areas where we have differences on the amounts, but I will continue to work on this. I told Speaker Pelosi I'm available anytime to negotiate, right? And and Nancy Pelosi, what is she saying on it? Well, she is, uh, you know, she she's the one who, you know, with, you know, Kylie was saying blocked it. Well, um, you know, She's saying, well, you know, we want to put something on the floor that will become law. OK, um, we you know, she's saying we came down from our three trillion, um, but we can only go so far. You know, um, you, you know, it's not about finger pointing or it isn't about, you know, machinations. Uh, it's about meeting the needs of American people. Right now, we need to do more that have, you know, Republicans check a box. See, she's saying that the Problem Solver Caucus is nothing more than the Republicans checking off a box. All right, and I'll get back to that. Uh, okay, um, so you know, and and she said, yeah, I'm I'm you know when when Mnuchin said I'm open negotiations, said yeah, call me when Trump's at two point two trillion. That's you know that's what I said. Um, how about um, Mitch McConnell? Well, you know, his quote, you know, he, he he's probably had the mo- he's probably the most pessimistic of all of the five. OK, um, you know, we have we have been in a challenging period. Regretfully, I can't tell you today we're going to get there. I wish I could tell you we're going to get another package, but it doesn't look that good right now. Hmm. OK, um, so he wasn't too, you know, positive. So he must not have a lot of faith that the Senate would vote at the, you know, two trillion level at all. Um you know, who am I missing, Carrie? Um, oh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, Donald Trump said, you know, I like the larger amount. I've said that. You know, some Republicans disagree, but I think I can, you know, convince them to go along with that because I like the larger number. Uh, you know, um, you know, go for a much higher, you know, he's telling the Republicans, I brought this up too. Why aren't the Republicans voting for this? If they want to win the Senate again, why don't right. they vote for this? You know, and that's what Trump is saying. He says, you know, go for a much higher number, Republicans. It's all coming back to the U.S. anyways, one way or the other. You know, um, you know, Trump's saying, I just want to see people get money. Yeah. I, yeah. Care like you're saying, I just, you know, hope we're not saying I, I see dead people getting money again. Right. What was that movie when I see dead people? Remember that movie? Oh, that was um, Six Sense. That, that was a great movie. That was a good movie. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to see dead people getting money again, right? right? Um, but, you know, give it to the living. All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, so Trump's for it. So that leaves, who am I missing, Gary? Jerome Powell. Jerome. Okay, so he mates, you know, he's speaking this week. So they asked him, well, what does he think about more fiscal stimulus? Okay, and his quote is, my sense is that fiscal support is likely to be needed. Of course, the details of that are for Congress, not for the Fed to decide, right? Um, But I would say there are roughly 11 million people still out of work due to the pandemic, and a good part of those people were working in, you know, industries that are likely to struggle. Those people may need additional support as they try to find their way through what would be a difficult time for them. So, again, I would say that the fiscal support has been an essential and in, in, in the good progress that we've seen. OK, um, you know, and, you know, and he's also he made a comment that the overwhelming majority of 
private forecasters, including Wall Street, who you know are projecting an ongoing recovery, are assuming that there's another fiscal support coming. See, it's already baked in. You know, if President Trump's Super V has it baked in that there's going to be a trillion dollar package. Hmm. So the question is, if there is not, what happens, and how will it affect you? Right. Um, Does it change some of your plans? You know, and then you know, and then you know, and a lot of people. So, but you know, the problem solvers caucus. Like I said, there's nothing new. You know, as a matter of fact, they made last news probably it was in 2018 midterm elections, right? And at that time, Brian Fitzpatrick was one of the you know members, and you know this was what he was. This was back in 2018. I think it's the only way to save this country. You know, calling it America's best hope of learning to accept people's differences. Now he was running for a difficult reelection bid in 2018. Okay. Okay, and you know, so he was coming out, and you know, and that's what Nancy Pelosi is getting at. He's saying, see, what she's saying is that this problem solver caucus is just a way for these, you know, congressmen to go back to their constituents and say, see, I'm fighting across the aisle. I was on the problem solving caucus. We came up with a deal when they really have no intentions of passing it. Okay, Dems in particular say that supporting group members of their own party have given them political cover to lawmakers with conservative voting records without forcing them, the same lawmakers, to take concrete action to move. Hmm. Um, You know, um, so a lot of people think that, you know, and, and you see a lot of these congressmen who are in the problem solver caucus when they're running for election, they're running ads saying how they how bipartisan they are. When they really know what they were bipartisan about was never going to pass. At least they tried, I guess. You know, yeah. you know, is it ju- you know, and that's, is it just for votes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, is is you know, is, you know, just it, for show to make you know. Is it just check the box? You know, political plandering technique, right? You know, um, so um, and by the way, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, you think he won his reelection bid in twenty eighteen? Yep. Yep, he sure did. Um, so this is one, you know, and I'll finish with this. This is one Reuters, and he had a good final analysis. The stalemate is politically risky for all sides heading into the fall election, and both sides accuse the other of acting primarily with political calculations in mind. Democrats said GOP senators need to check a box and vote on any kind of relief bill before exiting Washington to campaign while Republicans said Democrats were intent on denying Republicans any political win. Hmm. Okay, so that's that. Give us some numbers. All right. Regardless, sure, Congress is something you can't control, but when it comes to your financial life, when you can retire, what you can spend, how to create income you need, um, tax efficiently, taking on more risk, addressing financial problems and worries. Certainly there are plenty of those out there are things you can do something about. And we've been helping people 35 years through these issues, through good and bad, and we're here to help. What we do is provide objective, unbiased, detailed analysis for any financial decision you face. And we offer a free consultation by phone or in person Um We have affordable hourly and affordable retainer fee options, and we customize like our plans based on what you're looking for and what you need help with. And you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. All right. So let's talk about estimated tax planning, right? Um, and this is part two. Um, you always want to can go back and listen to our podcast. For so last week's, we started this, so I'm not going to repeat everything last year. But you know, last week, but you know, the, the the general rule about you know the name of the game is you know you, you don't want to pay the government too early if mm-hmm. you don't have to. You know, hold on to your money as long as you can. Have it earning for you, right? Um, so when it comes to estimated taxes, you know, there's we talked last week about the safe harbors, right? So as long as you've got enough taxes paid in timely, even if you owe money on April 15th with your final return, you're not charged any underestimated interest or penalty, right? And um, so the general rule, again, that we talked about was, you know, 
you, you say, well, Mark, well, do I go on the previous year safe harbor or should I go on a current year safe harbor? Now, you don't have to tell the government which one you're doing. It's just that by the end, you got to meet one of them, you know, if you if you want to, you know, stay away from any underestimated penalties, right, or interest. So the general rule to follow is sometimes, you know, if you think that this year's tax will be as much or more than the previous year's tax, just follow the previous year's safe harbor. Then you're covered, right? Um, and, and, you know, now again, if you know for sure that this year's tax will be a lot less than the previous year, you might not want to follow the previous year's safe harbor. You want to jump over to a current year safe harbor, right? Um, and that's, that's kind of the general rule. And then we talked about, you know, how you pay your taxes. You know, are you going to do it through withholding, you know, or are you going to file the quarterly estimates or a combination of both, right? Um, and so, but we are, you know, I always, you know, when I'm talking about those safe harbors, I always, you know, highlight the word timely, you know, you have to have your taxes paid in timely, right? Now, the beauty of withholding is as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it as coming in timely, you know, coming in evenly throughout the whole year. If you're making those silly quarterly coupon estimates, um, you know, those are timed individually. You, you know, you've you, you got one due, you know, normal years, April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th, right? Um, the Rona year, of course, that threw everything out of whack, but we'll, you know, no, is anyone going to be uh, unhappy when 2020 goes away, Carrie? I don't no. know. Um, so, you know, so the idea is saying, um, okay, if you're making quarterly coupons, they're timed, you know, and you got to pay you know, evenly on those four quarterly. You just can't blow off the first three quarters and say, oh, I'm going to make a big fourth quarter estimate in January and be covered. Mm, don't work that way. That's not exactly timely. Um, so so what is, So if you are, though, mailing a coupon and a check in an envelope, um, or if you're paying electronically, what is, what is timely? Hmm, okay. Well, according to the IRS website, if you mail your estimated tax payment and the date of the U.S. postmarket is on or before the due date, the IRS will generally consider the payment to be on time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big help, right? Right. Um, and I've had some, you know, some CPAs. You know, we we spend a lot of time working with our clients, CPAs. Some said that they have had clients where even though it was postmarked on the fifteenth. IRS did not deem it timely because it got, you know, it, you know, they didn't get, you know, um, if you use IRS direct pay, you can make payments up to 8 p.m. Eastern time on the due date. Okay. I like online. No worry about mail. You have proof. If you're using a credit card or a debit card, you can make payments up to midnight on the due date. Okay. Oh. Um, so that's some little information there. Um, now. So an, another part, of, you know, what we call is, you know, what I call the, the tax refund distortion, right? In other words, see, a lot of people think that in estimated income tax planning, the best plan is to get a big refund every year. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you believe that, you may be suffering for what I call tax refund distortion. Okay. okay? Um, TRD, right? And because, okay. you know, one, why would you give an interest free loan to the government when you could hold on to your money and earn interest yourself or tie up your cash flow in case you need it for expenses throughout the year. Right. Um, okay. Um, so that, that's one, you know, um, but another one, you know, if you, another part is, you know, if you think, uh, in other words, here's my point, Carrie, if the taxpayers who say I get a, I love getting that big refund check every year, and that's the best way to go. If that was so good, Carrie, that, you know, why are so many taxpayers obsessed about getting their refund check as quick as possible? I mean, if, 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 if does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're saying refunds are the best way to go, but yet you're chopping at the bit to get to get your tax so you could get that refund truck back as soon as possible. I'm saying, well, why are you choosing voluntarily to overpay your taxes in the first place? Hmm. Um, so I, 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 I don't know what the logic is, you know, and, and Carrie, we've seen taxpayers bend over backwards to get their refund checks early. You know, they, 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 they're rushing things. 
they're they're making mistakes. They're they're not getting all the information into their tax preparers. And they're putting pressure on their tax preparers. Hey, get this file. I got to get my refund check back. And Carrie, when you rush and you put pressure, guess what tends to happen? You get mistakes. Mm-hmm. And now you end up having to file an amended return. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that corrected 1099R that you didn't think you were going to get because it came in March. And you were, and you had to get your your, your refund check in, in in February or ten ninety nine. You forgot you were supposed to get that you never gave. Oh That's yeah, happened every year. We've had a few. Yeah, you, you not know. to speak of an incorrect ten ninety nine, but okay. Um, you know, so you know, I, again, so I think you know, so my point is, well, why if you're so anxious to and, and rushing and putting pressure to get your tax return filed so you can get that refund checked, why are you waiting for a refund? Maybe you should do some, you know, estimated tax planning where you're not planning to get a big refund. Now, you know, Carrie, over the years, we, we've heard a lot of, you know, people say, oh, well, Mark, that's kind of like a forced savings for me. You know, because I know that refund check is coming. And when am I get when I get that, I'm going to pay down my credit card. Or uh, that's my, you know, that's my budget for travel. That's why I want to get it back so early so I can then take my trip. It's like, well, do so what you're saying is you don't have enough financial discipline to open a CD. In other words, you're saying you don't have enough financial discipline to have the money in your savings account because you're saying if it's there, I'd spend it. Okay. So, well, what about, do you have enough financial discipline to take that same money that you're going to need to pay now next April 15th, but you put into a CD for that? Okay. Okay. Uh, and you just, you know, it, you're going to earn interest until then. Interest is funny right well, now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, my point, you know, my point, you know, right. words, I think you could have enough financial discipline to say, okay, I'm not going to give an interest rate loan to the to the government because that's the only way I can save for my you know, or I say still Florida trip. Stick it in your savings in case something comes up, some emergency or unforeseen expense. Um, it, it, or you know, I'll make a deal with you, Carrie. Yeah. G- you know, give me the money. I won't pay you any interest on it, but I promise to give the money back to you on April 15th. There you go. All right. Um, now, um, but I think it's also you know tax refund distortion is coming from the media. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and the general misconceptions of, of American taxpayers, because, and what I use for this is, I mean, do you remember um, when president Trump had the tax cuts and jobs act relief act, right? 2017. And remember there was all that craziness going on mm-hmm. with the um, withholding tables changing oh, yeah. and, and, and whether or not Americans, you know, middle America was really going to get a, a tax break oh, and stuff and the like w, that. Oh, and the W4s were the, like four pages. Right. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Um, now, I remember, re, you know, w- after, you know, the tax season, you know, there were so many articles. I was reading them on the air. All these articles were, were saying the U.S. taxpayers were so upset because they're re- Refund checks were lower than the previous year. And they were correlating that to saying, see, I didn't get a tax break. And Carrie, these articles didn't even call them on the table saying, you don't understand. You don't look to know whether you're paying more or less in taxes based on a tax law change. You don't look at your refund amount. What you need to look at is your actual tax liability. Total tax, which is in the middle of the page before that, not the bottom line. Because what if you overpaid, underpaid? That really doesn't matter. It's right. the total tax. And and so people were judging President Trump's tax cuts relief by saying, well, my refund check is smaller this year, so it hurt me. What? And and I, we we were reading multiple articles. That, right, that but, were, but you got more money in your check throughout the year. Oh, that, yeah, they didn't get that. I mean, yeah, I mean, so let me try yeah. to illustrate this. So really, what you know, so which would you rather have, you know, listening at home right now? Would you rather have a year where your actual tax liability was $10,000 and you got a refund of $400? Okay. Or would you rather have it that your actual tax liability was $8,000, but you only got a refund for $200? Hmm. Now, if you said the latter, you're right. suffering 
from, you know, refund uh, distortion. Right. And yet that's what the, you know, that's again, you know, that for some reason, I don't know, American, American taxpayers just, I don't think, have a good understanding of, you know, the idea of income tax liability, paying in estimated taxes only what you need to pay in. And not the idea that the best tax plan is getting a big refund every year. Right. And those are things we can help with. If you don't want to do it on your own, there are people around to help you. And you can call the estate planning team about this issue or any other issues impacting your financial life. Call the estate planning team. Leave a message if you'd like to schedule a consultation by phone or in person or visit the website. You can contact us through the website. We do have incentives there if you come in. Um, There are some year-end opportunities you might want to look at and don't want to miss out on or at least find out if there's an opportunity for you. Or you can listen to our podcast and sign up for our newsletter at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie, you only have a couple more minutes. Um, so being smart, you know, sometimes it's the little things, you know, that added up together can make or break, you know, at least help your retirement. And, you know, so what I didn't get to today was, you know, the deep dive into, you know, custodial withholding rules. And I'll come back next week um, to talk about that. Um, you know, that's the general idea that, you know, you had mentioned, Carrie, that the situation where a lot of, uh, a lot of our clients over the years were surprised when they started to take money out of their 401k or 403b or one of those tax qualified company retirement plans that there was a mandatory 20% federal withholding. Now, that's a that's a rule you know that's that you know that that that's not you know your company being you know mean to you um now is that the the point is is that the right amount of withholding that you need to have a general rule like that that's what leads to confusion right because you know some taxpayers maybe need 20% federal withholding many of them don't especially with uh, you know president trump's lower income tax rates um so, but, but, so like you were saying, they didn't realize that if they were, they need to pull, you know, uh, you know, $40,000 out to buy an automobile, they were, they would request $40,000 from their IRA, or sorry, their 401k custodian. And then they got a check, but it wasn't for 40000 mm-hmm. because of the mandatory withholding. Right. Which is a lot of times the 20% is a big hit. So now what do they do? They go back in and say, well, I need the, the, the additional money. Which gets another 20%. Which also increases their tax liability. Mm, yeah, we see it happen a lot. There's ways to get around it, by the way. So I'll come back next week and hopefully we'll have a new stimulus package that we can tell everybody about. Um, or I'll pick up on you know this topic about understanding custodial withholding rules. Okay. For example, the IRAs don't have a 20% mandatory federal goal. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Have a great weekend. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.